Hello, and welcome back to the Product Lodge podcast. As always, I'm the host, Sean Boyce, CEO and founder of Next Step. I would like to welcome my guest to the show today, Jeremy Johnson. Jeremy is the VP of Product Management at JAMA Software. Hello, Jeremy. How are you? And thanks for being on the show. Doing well. Thanks, Sean. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're excited to talk more about your expertise and product management at an expert level, uh, as such that you, uh, you're effectively managing currently at JAMA. But before we get there, if you could sure. fill in some of the background for our listeners to take us to how you became the uh, VP of product management at JAMA. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, so um, I think really as um, many, if not most people in product management, I really uh, got into product management by accident. Um, came here more from a sales and marketing background, um, had interests since I was very, very young in technology, but didn't take the, the typical path through uh, engineering uh, background, which tends, tends to be dominant. Um, but got into product management, uh, spent most of my career in product management, and in particular, product management in general, uh, product management leadership, that is. And uh, came to JAMA just about uh, one year ago after spending about 12 years in enterprise environmental health and safety software. Um, really drawn to JAMA for, for a few things. It was a, it was a good transition for me. Uh, really very interesting product, really very um, strong market position. Uh, and the, the interesting nuance with JAMA is that we work with uh, some of the most innovative companies in the world on their product development. So we're working with companies in aerospace, in electric vehicles and medical devices and those kind of industries, and we're integrated within their product development process. So not only is there a very high level of engagement and satisfaction from a personal work standpoint with the work that we do at JAMA, but from us, it feels like an extended family with all of these other companies that we have at least some part of the of their process to get these innovative uh, products to market. So it's a, it's a very, very interesting uh, company and it's a very interesting space. And so that really drew me to, to JAMA. I have a personal interest in, in the automotive space um, and, and really um, brought me here just over a year ago. I was just starting to kind of match names and with faces and things right with when the pandemic hit. And so that added, of course, uh, an interesting twist to this, uh, this new endeavor. But um, it's, it's been, uh, been an interesting journey and, uh, it's, it's really, a really a fun place and an interesting challenge from a product management standpoint. Yeah. Thanks for sharing your background. Uh, it's interesting to hear you talk about, and we've talked about this before, how you got into product management. And I agree. I, I find the, the stories fascinating for where we all come from to get into product management. I feel yeah, like that's yeah. also telling of the role it really helps, yeah. uh, round out the skill set per se. Um, you had mentioned from the, a sales background as opposed to a more traditional technical or engineering background, if you will. I would be yeah. curious to hear your perspective on that a little bit as well, too, because yeah. other people, this is a common question that I get quite a bit from aspiring product managers and existing product managers in terms of like, how important is it to have that technical expertise to be effective in the role? Um, sure. Obviously, sure. you've done quite well at it and you've come from that sales background. Um, it's always yeah. been you know, my perspective that to me, one of the most important things a product manager can do is really capturing the essence of the challenges and problems of the customer and making sure that those problems get solved in the product. And I can only imagine that having a sales background can really 
help when it comes to those things because obviously you spend a lot of time interacting with customers. But anyway, um, I'd love to get your perspective yeah. on that topic because I know that one's talked about a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think from a uh, from a skill set standpoint, it's certainly still beneficial to have a strong technical aptitude and still have a strong technical interest. Um, but I definitely think coming from a sales background, um, you if if you're a if you're a good strong salesperson, any any strong salesperson has to be able to listen to what the customer's um, needs are has to be able to empathize with customers, has to understand the process they go through. How do they make purchases? How do they go about their business? Um, what are the things that keep them up at night? And those are a lot of the same core questions that product management um, has to understand and has to really ask themselves. Uh, just the tool set that we have to react to those are, are different, right? We have more ability to uh, shape the product, see where the product needs to go. We're in a sales background. You're trying to shape whatever I can sell today, principally to uh, the customer to fit that need. But I think the basic questions still stand. And so that's really one thing that I think is key. And I even take it a step further in, in a lot of respects where I think the best product managers uh, are ones that can see not only the customer, but can also see challenges through the lens of all of the different components of the company. So you understand support and what they do. You understand how things go through finance. You understand all of these things that really ultimately impact the, the overall customer journey. And from a sales standpoint, you tend to get that that visibility, right? You work through the contracting process. You understand how leads come in through marketing. You understand, you know, some of the back office things when you have a, a challenge to work through with a customer. So having a very holistic view of, a, of the company, how you work and how you interact with the customers in, in more of that broad, again, that broad customer journey, that's a very, very strong asset for product managers to have. Glad you mentioned it in that way. I don't often, I don't hear it said as often as it probably should be. Uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, I've always felt very similarly to as you described, where I think product management, your product managers, effective product managers, need to know enough to be dangerous with all of those various functional areas, because it's not just about the tech and it's not just about the customer, right? Yeah, we're doing everything as a team. Yeah. All of those roles are important, and they all play a critical role in order to make sure that everything's kind of going to plan, right? And we're bringing a great product to market and we have yeah. happy customers and the process is working. Yeah. So uh, it's important to take a vested yeah. interest in all these things. And uh, the way I describe it from time to time too, there's always, there's always 50 things to be done at any given point in time. It's a matter of figuring out like, what are those top things? And like making sure you're yeah. spreading the love around a little bit too, to make sure that you're not, you know, leaving anyone in your team, even if it's not your immediate team in the dark. Yeah. Absolutely right. Awesome. Um, next thing I was going to ask you about, which you alluded to as part of that response as well, too, was kind of the product development process at JAMA, right? So you have you have yeah. a team of uh, product managers under you. Curious to learn more yeah. about from the perspective of ensuring that product management is being you know conducted effectively as your team grows and becomes more complex, and then also as you have a, a product as complex as yours as well, too, which is a lot of moving parts. Um, uh, intricacies yeah. to it, a lot of variables, all these types of things. Like there's a lot to have to manage and that's, you know, at an yeah. even more significant level than just 
being a sole product manager within a small software team. So if you could talk to us a yeah. little bit about what your product development process is like and how you ensure sure. that that's conducted effectively at JAMA, that would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we definitely do have, I would say, uh, some unique challenges or some unique things that we manage through. And, um, you know, I think some of that is pretty consistent with what a, a, a B2B software company looks like. And particularly when you work with large enterprise customers, that, that adds a layer. What I would say is kind of the third layer for, for JAMA software is most of our companies are highly regulated. They're focused on safety. Um, automotive customers that are looking at functional safety of their designs, medical device companies that are looking at the safety and, and efficacy and uh, FDA compliance and things like that. And so we have to have a, a very rigorous process in order to, to best align with those, with those type of companies. And so um, we still maintain uh, an agile shop. Um, this is said a lot, but I think it's important to reinforce that for us, Agile is a mindset and a philosophy. It's not a process. And so um, we have to have a level of structure and rigor in our process to make sure that we go through certain gates in research, calculating uh, return on investment, making sure that we have strong alignment with our customer uh, requirements, make sure that the way that we're developing and delivering is not going to be disruptive from a change management standpoint. So we have this uniqueness of, um, you know, customers wanting us to move fast, but not too fast. Um, so um, we do, uh, the way we really accomplish that or part of the way that we accomplish that is really looking at um, how we, um, actually physically separate our teams in the way that we work in some cases. We have a portion of our team that's focused on things that necessitate a quick response. They are, you know, from a true process standpoint, they're Kanban, they're highly agile, they're taking uh, feedback in either from a quality standpoint or a small enhancement standpoint, and they're working very, very quickly to meet customer needs and in a very more typical agile way, I would say. Um, then we have a, a portion of our team that is focused on larger roadmap projects. And that's really where we get into this level of rigor where we have a fairly uh, strong structured process from a research standpoint, uh, calculating the return on investment based on customer interest and the, the cost of that investment. Um, we go through uh, gates with the chief product officer and these get formally approved and put on the roadmap. Um, and there's various measurements and uh, tracking very closely the progress on those projects. Uh, I would say for some people that would come into that environment, probably drive them crazy. And there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of rigor and a lot of things we watch. But again, because of this type of company, because, because of these type of customers, excuse me, it's, it's really necessary. They expect that. They frankly have that level of rigor in their business and we have to align as close as possible with the way um, they expect things. All the way down to our processes are actually um, ISO certified to the same standard that, for example, our automotive customers use for functional safety. So we've gone and, and gone through the process that's audited regularly 
We have a compliance department in our product development team that helps us and ensure alignment of our release process. So it's tremendously rigorous um, uh, compared to somebody that's like a true agile shop. Um, now, the balance though continues and particularly for my team is looking at continuing, how do we innovate? How do we find things that we can deliver to customers quickly? How can we adapt the product in that fairly, um, uh, fairly rigorous environment? And so it does put a, an additional uh, level of, um, pressure is probably not the right word, but responsibility on the product management team and we're also fortunate enough to have a specific group for user experience and uh, product design. Uh, and in, in my opinion, frankly, even today in, in 2021, that's still an underutilized and underappreciated discipline within the, the overall uh, product, uh, product group and in particular an enterprise, um, enterprise software. And we ask that team to really do a lot in their research uh, working with customers, helping simplify things when we introduce them, helping really map out how we can incrementally deliver something that can add tremendous value to the customer when it's delivered in whole, but do it in such a way that it delivers incremental value and doesn't have the same level of uh, change management concerns that would really disrupt our customers because, again, they're, they're simply highly sensitive to that. You talked a lot about the nuance in terms of uh, part of what I was hoping you would speak to when you did was as the, compl as the complexity of just the dynamic of the group, the size of it, and the product itself grows, how do you yeah. still remain you know, as agile as you can given the nature of company, the product itself is at a point where it's reached a certain amount of stability, it's in the hands yeah. of many customers, but at the same time, you want to be able to respond to their needs and concerns as efficiently as you can. So I think you did a great job kind of explaining yeah. that dynamic in an environment as it gets more complicated like that. Um, yeah. Because I know everyone's wondering as much as I am, I'd love to hear you talk a bit more about the product as well too. So uh, talk yeah. to us a little bit about the product itself, uh, the, value, sure. the value proposition perhaps, uh, who the yeah. customer is, uh, how they sure. use it, all that kind of stuff, please. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so Jama Connect is um, really highly focused on principally on requirements management and uh, accompanying that is uh, test management and risk management. So it's very much at the core of, of our customers product development, uh, uh, life cycle and product development business processes. And for, for JAMA, it's really focused again on these uh, companies that have some level of complexity in their business. Um, we are, a lot of that is regulatory complexity. Some of that could be just the variety of products that they design, the uh, variability between regions that they, might, um, that they might go to market in, some of the various requirements. Um, a lot of these companies um, are in automotive, medical device, aerospace and defense, uh, industrial technology, some of those kind of industries, uh, consumer, consumer products as well. But if you can imagine, a lot of those companies are doing, you know, different markets have small nuances in the product line. 
uh, managing the interest, intricacy and the interrelated components of those requirements, and then ensuring that the risk management side is, is handled appropriately and feeding back into the requirements and the testing, the verification and validation is confirming uh, that things are mitigated, the quality is good, all of those things. It's, it's highly complex and in large part, our business aligns with the way our product is utilized with our customers. Um, they themselves are balancing some level of innovation, agility, uh, go-to-market urgency and, and time to market and things like that. Um, but they have to maintain a level of rigor, documentation, um, you know, all the way down to things like FDA uh, uh, submission for approval and things like that. So they have to have that level of rigor. Um, and so we really help our, our customers balance that. Uh, so ease of use and efficiency is important for us with those customers, but that's balanced against uh, a tremendous amount of, of rigor and precision, um, audit trail, um, all of those things that aren't super glamorous from a product standpoint, all of those things have to be very tight for, uh, for our customers to meet those expectations. Um, and so that's really where, where JAMA's core is. And so we, we continue to work with some of the most uh, innovative companies in the world. Um, I mentioned the segments uh, that we work in, uh, but below that, we tend to work with companies that are in the highly innovative parts of those, those markets. Um, a, a good example is automotive. Uh, we certainly have business in, in what might be considered or called traditional automotive, but a lot of our business is in electric vehicles autonomous uh, vehicles, the sensors, all of those components that is growing very rapidly. And so um, it's those type of companies that I think are a good illustration of just tremendous uh, innovation and tremendous speed that they're innovating. Um, the mix of hardware and software in those businesses is another area that I think is important. So we work more with systems Whole, whole systems engineering companies and products. Um, but those companies are going very, very fast. But at the end of the day, they still have to comply with those regulations. They still have to be highly focused on functional safety and things like that. So they need that balance of, of agility and innovation with, uh, with rigor and standardization of process and, and all of those components. Um, and that's really where JAMA, JAMA really fits and JAMA really excels. You can tell, and to speak to the previous points that you made early in our conversation, reinforcing that need to have effective process in place in order to be able to do all of these things. Because like you yeah. said, uh, it's a real high priority to ensure that these things are done well. There's all these critical applications and all these use cases, and then the combinations of such, they multiply quickly, right? So um, effective process being critical to ensure that everything that we're driving towards checks all the necessary boxes to make sure that yep. we have a satisfactory outcome for clients in various verticals. Yep. Um, you've That's alluded to right. it in terms of talking more about the product, but um, yep. what I'd also be interested to hear more about from you is, you know, you talked about collecting the feedback from the customer, incorporating that back into the product to make it better with all yep. of these combinations of verticals and use cases and industries. How do you aggregate that data? How do you get the data? How do you aggregate the data? How do you prioritize yeah. it and organize it to say that, yeah. you know, 
we don't just wind up with an unlimited number of feature requests or changes yeah. that we have to make to our software. Yeah. An environment as complicated as the one you're managing. How does that process work and how do you make sure that that, that gets done effectively? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And I'll, <clears throat> I'll be, I'll be fairly transparent that it's a, it's an ongoing challenge. Um, it's, it's a, it's definitely a difficult one. Um, I, I feel very good about where we are, but it's one that we continue to improve and iterate on. Um, so I think the first thing for me is just reinforcing that it's that our customer feedback is absolutely critical. Um, the, the big thing that we, that we focus on just fundamentally. And I think, again, this is something that's difficult when you're, when you're a B2B company, you're dealing, uh, you're working with enterprise customers and things. You have a lot of internal voices in that process. You have professional services, you have support, you have sales, you have others. And, the biggest thing that we continue to reinforce and I continue to reinforce with my team is getting the feedback directly from customers or validating what we're hearing internally. And that is by no means to say that the input that we get internally is not valuable, right? We have, you said it, that we have complex customers. We have a, a, a vast number of customers at this stage in our, um, in our growth uh, cycle. And so my team can't possibly talk with that number of customers. We can't even talk with a, you know, a certain segment of our, of those customers. So having that input internally does add value, but making sure that we validate it is, is critical. Um, so we do, and I mentioned the ROI process and that's kind of where a lot of these pieces come together. We have, we have a number of avenues that we use for research. Um, one of those is um, an ideation portal on our on our community, so customers can come in. They can uh, they can add uh, add ideas. Other customers can vote on those ideas. We can pretty quickly start to see if some of those things are elevating to the top, so that we're start we're um, we're focusing on the things that have sort of organically bubbled up for us to take a look at. So that's one of the one of the venues. We do regular uh, user groups with these different industries so that we can have some face-to-face -face, um, conversations with those customers. Um, we do have mechanisms that utilize, and, and all of these things, I should say, flow into JAMA Connect. We use JAMA Connect internally. It's part of our development process as well. And we do have an ability for our internal teams to flow in information that they're getting, attach those to specific customers. So it's not just feedback internal. They have to quote and identify the customers. We keep a track, uh, a trail of that information so that we can validate that. So we're really harnessing that customer info. Um, so we do have a lot of mechanisms and we do get a, a very good snapshot of of the market needs and of our customer needs. And I think the basic challenge for us then is, as with most uh, companies, is really being able to distill that into what is broadly applicable to all of those industries. Um, and so we tend to look at things really from a, a highly platform-centric view where we develop tools, uh, workflow, interfaces that we know can apply to these various industries. We work internally with a, with a partner group that is um, focused on these industry verticals so that they can 
um, they can really validate that what we're building is applicable for these various industries and is, is building a, a strong platform um, for those. Um, and the last thing I would say is we do a lot of testing. We do a lot of conversations. We do uh, wireframes and prototypes. We get things in front of customers. We engage them directly in the process. Uh, again, our product design and UX team is, is critical in that. Um, but again, when we, when we sprinkle in this level of rigor and a, and a bit more process, it's some of those kinds of things where it may appear that we're working more slowly than, than other companies, but at the end of the day, we are actually going much, much faster because we have a high level of confidence that these things have been uh, really looked at, synthesized, validated. Um, we have the design and the need really, really down. And so once we get into the development cycle, we're still innovative, we're still learning, we're still, you know, it's not waterfall, it doesn't lock things in but we know where the project is going. We have high confidence we can run instead of walk in, in some of these projects. Um, and so that's, that's just a bit of a, a flavor of kind of how we go through uh, that process. But I will say, Sean, it's, it's a challenge. It's one that, that myself and, and our team continue to, to juggle. We get better at it, um, you know, with, with, each, with each given project. Um, and, uh, and we continue to work. Yep. First and foremost, credit to you for being forthcoming with that being a challenge. I think <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of what's heard out there is now we process all the feedback and we incorporate everything and it's, you know, straightforward and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yep. But really, if you're being honest with yourself, especially as the product becomes more complicated as you, the customer numbers get up there, you're absolutely yep. right. It's just, it's something that you're always trying to do better at. Yep. Um, which is the best we can hope for realistically and uh, yeah. looking for ways to innovate in that way is a big deal and a huge role and a big part of product management, right? Not effectively. Yeah. Um, yeah, the other stuff that you mentioned as well too, is being able to, I want to reinforce this point, being able to move faster by being more thorough, right? So putting yeah. more time and effort into the design, into the testing really helps you get a better understanding of what it is you're ultimately going to be building, right? So that we don't yep. build that's right. in the wrong direction. We can validate those assumptions. We've got all that data and we've got that data before we necessarily write too much code, which is, you know, yep. where it really starts to become pouring a heavy foundation and stuff that's hard to change. So right. um, yep. it's awesome to maintain those like agile concepts uh, in order to, you know, even regardless of how the large and size and scale and complexity of your environment becomes, you can still stay relatively nimble by balancing that equation in the right way. That's right. Awesome. I agree. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for being here, Jeremy. Uh, awesome to hear Absolutely. more from your experience. I know our listeners are going to get a lot of value out of it as well, too. Before we let you go, we've got a couple questions for you. The first one yeah. is, what resources, if any, would you share with us where somebody can go to learn more about anything sure. we talked about here today or JAMA itself? Yeah, I think uh, JAMAsoftware.com is probably the best place. Uh, you can see blog posts, white papers, webinars, all of that kind of good stuff. There's a lot of a lot of rich information on product development um, and the industries that we serve and, and things like that. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. And then last question is sure. uh, who should reach out to you and how can they get in touch? Yeah, I would say anybody that's uh, that's interested in, in what we're doing at JAMA has an interest in our product. Um, 
you know, interest in joining our team broadly, we're, we're growing quite a bit to put us to put a little plug in. Um, yeah, feel free again to go to our website uh, and, and contact us. We've got a, a chat bot and a couple things that are pretty easy to interact. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. So feel free to reach out to me directly uh, via via LinkedIn and, and happy to happy to talk about what we're doing here at John. Excellent. Thank you for sharing. And we'll link to all that stuff in the show notes. Uh, but thanks for being here, Jeremy. We really appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for having me, Sean. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Product Launch Podcast powered by Next Step. If you or anyone you know is involved in scaling a B2B SaaS business, please have them reach out to me about becoming a potential guest on our show. They can email me at sean at nextstep.io. That's S-E-A-N at N-X-T-S-T-E-P dot I-O. This time, we'd like to take a moment to thank the sponsor of our show, Next Step Consulting. Would you like to know what the right next steps are for your B2B SaaS business? Are you trying to grow and scale, but you're stuck? We can help. To find out how Next Step can help your B2B SaaS business achieve its goals, please email me, sean at nextstep.io. That's S-E-A-N at N-X-T-S-T-E-P dot I-O. Thanks and keep disrupting. Hey folks, Sean here, and thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you got a ton of value out of it. If you did, I'd encourage you to also sign up for my free five-day email course about launching a profitable B2B SaaS application for less than $750. If you'd like to sign up for that course, you can do so at nextstep.io forward slash B2B SaaS.